It's the Perry and Shauna podcast on the real life journey with you, reminding you that you are Abba's beloved child and that Jesus has called you into his massive mission to heal the world. My aim in life is to live in what Tim Keller calls the freedom of self-forgetfulness. It's actually a, a book that he's written. The freedom of self-forgetfulness is finding my core identity, not in anything I do, good or bad. It's getting my ultimate identity from the flawless performance of Jesus. So self-forgetfulness, it's disconnecting my identity from my performance and getting it from Jesus' performance. You know, it's a roller coaster ride when I base my deep down identity from what I do, good or bad. Because some days I get the applause, other days I'm criticized. Sometimes I get both, both days. Yeah. On one day, one moment I have it because I do something super duper. The next moment it's gone because I blew it again. You know what? And if it's if it's that fragile, it can even have nothing to do with what you're actually doing right now. You can just get a comment from somebody that just takes the wind right out of your sails. You feel like you're having a good time, you're doing a good job, and then somebody says something, right? And yeah. That just throws a wrench in the works and it just wah, wah. Yeah, yeah. It can be from somebody else, you know, criticizing or applauding. I mean, we, we may be nailing it in the moment. And yeah, and somebody criticizes us and then boom, we're flat in our face. Right. You're having a great day. Everything's going along just fine. And then you get that text from the friend who says, do you have time to sit down and talk this week? There's something I need to discuss with you. And you're just like, all of a sudden, right? You get that yeah, yeah. pit in your stomach. Like, oh no, something's not all right. Something's yeah. not okay. I need to inform you of a character flaw. <laughs> right. So I released my album, Him, in 2020. And one of the songs on Him is a reimagining of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And a music reviewer from the UK said, there have been so many remakes of this Christmas carol. This one doesn't do anything for me. Oh, write oh a, Perry. Yeah, write a new song. Don't do a remake. Ah, <laughs> painful. And then about a week later, another music reviewer said, I really like the two. <laughs> it's funny what? now. I really like the two original songs on the album, but the other eight reimagined hymns don't do much for me. In fact, one of them is sort of boring. So, I mean, the, the album is all about reimagining hymns. Sure. And, so, and the feedback is about the reimagining not being good. Right, right. Ah, we laugh, but I am sorry. That is painful stuff. Yeah, it hurt. You know, I put all my heart and soul into that project. But if I'm going to live to find my core identity in good reviews, I'll never find peace. Because there will always be critics. And myself being a self-critic. Plus, needing to be perfect to feel good about myself? Mm -hmm. What is that? That's it's slavery. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yep. But there's a way to freedom. Jesus. He said, I am the way. I am the way to freedom. He lived a perfect life. Never sinned. Never gave in to hatred or lust. Everything he did deserved jaw-dropping rave reviews. Mm. If Jesus had 10 million tests in life to be obedient to God, he passed every one. And then he died in my place for my flaws, failures, face plants, and train wrecks. He took the judgment I deserve. Three days later, 
He rose from the dead. And in the resurrection, the Father in heaven was saying, look at him. Look at my son, my perfectly obedient son in whom I am so well pleased. When you and I transfer our trust away from our performance, transfer away from the praise or criticism of people, and plant our trust fully on Jesus, we're forgiven. Mm. It's good news. It's the best news ever. There's so much, there's so much rest in what God has done for us. Like the invitation I keep hearing as you're talking about the freedom of self-forgetfulness, the invitation to come and rest with Jesus because the work's already been done. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I had, you know, ah, I blew it over the weekend. I just blew it. I had something where I just blew it. Dang it. That's exactly how I felt. I was so frustrated with myself. I'm like, Lord, why? Why am I banging my head against the same wall? Why am I making the same mistake that I've made so many times? Mm -hmm. It happened happened to do, all right, I'll just come clean with you. It happened to do with a jar of cookie butter. (laughs) (laughs) You wolfed it down. Half a jar. (laughs) I did. Okay. I did. And two tablespoons of that thing is like... 170 calories, mm. and I just was scooping and scooping. <laughs> you were feeling good in the moment, I, though, what right? What did I think I was going to find at the bottom of that jar? Yeah. I ended up feeling really crummy, to be honest. Sure, sure. I felt gross. I felt yucky mm-hmm. because it was just straight-up sugar. And, it, and, you know, the whole month of November, I didn't eat any sugar, so I just was going for it. But <laughs> <laughs> I was. I was, but I'm like, why, 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 why? I mean, we, we right. can laugh about it. We can. It's okay. We yeah, can laugh about it's it. It's like my song. But there's a, but there's, there's a, there's a deeper truth. There was something I was looking for at the bottom of that cookie jar mm-hmm. that I was not gonna find in food, right, mm-hmm. or in anything other than Jesus. And so, when we rest on His performance, when we recognize the invitation of, hey, it's already, it's already done. It's yep. already done. We're, we don't, we can get off the stinking roller coaster of, ah, I just blew it again, thinking I'm going to find some kind of satisfaction in the bottom of this cookie butter jar. And, and just, we hear the Lord, I hear the Lord saying, Shauna, if this is not performance-based, I just love you because I love you. The work is done. You are free from self-judgment. And you can live in what's already been done for you. Yeah. You're forgiven. Forgiven. I'm forgiven. And it gets better. It gets better. Can you believe this? Jesus' perfect obedience is counted as ours. Mm. His perfection counted as ours. And through our relying on Jesus, trusting in, clinging to, relying on Jesus, the Father can say to you and me, you are my beloved child, and I will sing over you right now. I'm going to sing over you forever. And if you can think of anything better than that, you're going to have to tell me because I, I can't. I just don't think it gets better than that. That's that's the good news. That's the gospel. It is. Wow. It's the best story. And it's true. This is the life God offers us, living in the freedom of self-forgetfulness, forgiveness, our identity rooted in the perfect son's perfect obedience, loved and treasured by Abba. Let's go. What a day. Don't 
you just love December. I mean, the Christmas season, the yep. holidays, all the feels. It's so much fun. There's all the decorations. There's all the lights. Our fa- our house is finally decorated for Christmas, and I'm I'm so happy about it. It's mostly decorated. I did leave out the kids' ornaments to put on the tree because they like to do it themselves, or at least I like to think that they like to do it themselves. They humor you. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't do their their ornaments on the tree. So the ladder's still out, you know, the shop vac's still near the tree. So I would say it's not entirely done, but really, really, really close. But I love all the gatherings. I love everything about this time of the year. But along with all the, you know, the Christmas shopping and the parties and all the things, there is the busyness of the schedule. And there's this sweet spot, usually between Christmas and New Year's, where I'm, where there's space. And like all the crazy kind of slows down. Mm -hmm. And I am telling you, I'm feeling this year the invitation of the Lord to just sit and be with God. I can't wait for that time. I I mean, I meet with God every day. You know, I meet with him regularly. But I'm talking about lingering with Jesus. And I'm going to be able to do that. You know, I can sit and read my Bible and let it. The rabbit trails, I just love it. Like you, you read a verse and then it makes you think of another verse and it takes you to a different part of scripture. Or you want a deeper dive into what you just read and understand the context more. And so I'm pulling out commentaries and just like, you know, what I think is going to be 30 minutes can turn into an hour or two or three. Yeah. I just can't wait. Journal, get really open with my heart and just share with the Lord what's going on. There's treasures to be found there. Oh my goodness, so much so. I mean, it is a real battle in the world that we live in to not overfill our calendar and to to feel like because we're busy, we're really important. You know, people really want me. I'm really needed. But to see that the, re- the real value in life comes from our relationship with God and just making the time to sit and be with him and not having a hard stop, like, ah, I got to get off to this meeting or I got to do this thing, but just be with him. And it, it amazes me. So it was, it was Christmas time that really captured my attention. And when I gave my life to Jesus, I was 13 years old. I grew up in a Christian home, but it was the Christmas story that made me realize God wants to be with me. He came to be human. Emmanuel, God with us, came to be with me. He values being near you and I that much. Not because of what you can do for him, wonderful as you are. <laughs> That's not what draws him to your heart. He just loves you and he just wants to be with you. A couple of years ago, my daughter Eden had the chance to serve in, in Africa And with her, at that time, boyfriend, the two of them went together and spent three months there. And we had a conversation with the ministry leader there, Annalie, and the head of the ministry that they were connected to here in the States. Anyway, it was this big Zoom call, and we were talking about what they would be doing when they were in in Africa. And they were trying to communicate to us that the ministry that they would bring was their presence. And they said, the thing you're going to wrestle with the most in your time here in Africa is you're going to feel like you're not being productive if you're not doing, because that's American. You want to be doing all the time. But in Africa, we value being. Yeah. It's it's time-oriented versus event-oriented. Yes. And they they described it to us in a way that we could understand it by even actually using the Zoom meeting that we were in as an example, they said, in, when we're done with this Zoom meeting, you will evaluate whether it was a good meeting or a bad meeting based on how much information was gotten, how much, how efficient we were with the time that we were to get all these things, right? And they said, we won't. We'll get off the phone with you 
You guys will hang up and move on. And we will talk about what a great meeting it was because we saw your face, because we heard your laugh, because we know you better now than we did before. It's, it's the value of being. Mm-hmm. That is how God feels about you and me. He values not what you're doing. He values your being and he values being with you. He just loves you that much. And I think sometimes we can take our, you know, our American way of thinking and it can make its way into our expectations of God. Sometimes I do this even in my quiet time with him. I'm like, okay, Lord, here I am. Don't have a lot of time. Really want something important, transactional to happen here. So if you can just speak to me in five minutes, okay, go. Mm-hmm. Right? Rather than just like, man, for five minutes, I'm just going to sit here and enjoy you and be with you. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to say anything. I just want to be near you. You know, the other night I was, it was Saturday night and I usually have some time with the Lord and just, you know, go through some scriptures that I memorized. And it, it's a, it's a time I really look forward to in the week. And I was doing that, but the Michigan game was on and I was so distracted. Yeah. And I kept saying, Lord, I'm, I'm really distracted. Just help me to, you know, focus here and, and such. And I got through it, but it wasn't a life-giving time because I was just wondering what's going on with the Michigan game, what's going on, you know. And I kind of felt like the Lord was saying, I want to watch the Michigan game too. Like we can do that together. We can move into that and still enjoy each other's company. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. So, you know, I, I wanted to get my time in. Yeah. And it wasn't about, I wanted it to be about being with him, but I was mm-hmm. distracted and I just felt like the Lord was saying, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. You're like, if that's an everyday thing and you're distracted and you can't focus in and enjoy me, that's one thing. But on occasion, if you're, if you're distracted, you know, don't beat yourself up. Right. But I think what's so beautiful about that encounter was instead of saying, Lord, let's meet at another time because I want to go watch football it was him saying, I want to go, I want to watch football too, right? It was, it was, Yeah. let's go do that together. Like you don't have to leave me and walk away from me. Like we can enjoy the football game together. I'm getting wiser. Thank yeah. you. Praise Jesus from whom all blessings flow. Here's the thing. His wanting to be with you, it's not new. <laughs> it's always been from the beginning of time. I mean, he walked in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, right? Mm-hmm. He enjoyed their company there. Emmanuel, Jesus coming to earth. I don't know. I just, there's something about his feet getting dirty, right? Like mud being between his toes and his sandals and just like the earthiness of like, he gave up everything of heaven to come and be here among you and me. Jesus spitting like, yeah. like the best of guys spit. Right. You know? Yeah. Just the earthiness of it all. Right. He has always wanted to be with you. And this is no different right now. Matthew one twenty three says the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with you and me today and all the things that we get to do today, watching football, <laughs> working, driving, loving on people, serving people, doing your laundry. God is with you. He's poured out his spirit so he can be with you every moment of every single day. So as you prepare your heart for Christmas, let's reflect on this just mysterious, beautiful truth that God has always wanted to be with you. 
I long for a home I've never been to. Let me say that again. I long for a home I've never been to. Can you relate? The inconsolable secret of every soul is that the door in which we've been knocking all our lives will open at last. That's C.S. Lewis. What is this home we long for but have never seen? It's walking with God in the cool of the day. It's seeing his face. It's life as it should be, but have not yet experienced. This is why God became a baby in a Bethlehem manger, to open the door, to bring us home, to show us his face, Mm. to kiss our brow, to wipe away our tears, to make all the sad things come untrue. You know, it's beautiful to have a relationship with Jesus, but you know what? I've never seen his face. I long to see his face. I know my life will be transformed when I see the face of God. Adam and Eve had the face of God. They walked with Jesus. It was Jesus who who walked with them in the cool of the day, and they lost it, and we lost it. Mm-hmm. And we have so much now in Christ. I mean, we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. We have the now of the kingdom, but there's this not yet that I long for. And I think the thing that just really compels me now is I want to see the face of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. And I I can't not be remembered of a moment that I had when you said the words, you know, you know, for to feel the kiss, his kiss on our brow. Yeah. I had I had an experience with the Lord. I was praying with a friend. They were praying over me. I was just really wrestling with, oh my goodness, such deep insecurities and just not loving being me very much. And a friend was praying over me. He and his wife together, actually, we were in his office. He was a worship leader at our church back in Iowa. And we were we were all holding hands. And he said, Sean, I just feel like the Lord wants you to know. And he began to speak some some things into my life. And at that moment, I stopped hearing what he was saying. And I had an experience with Jesus. And he was standing in front of me. And he he put his he was seated in front of me and he put his arms out like extending for me to come to him there was no verbal communication that took place but when i went to put my hand in his hand to accept his invitation i saw my name written in the palm of his hand mm. and i put my hand in his and he drew me close and i sat down on his lap on his left leg and he kissed me on the forehead and at that moment I felt the air move and mm-hmm. i felt a physical touch on my forehead and it shocked me it surprised me so I gasped, you know, I went like yeah. this and then Tom stopped praying and Joy and Tom both, we all had our eyes open and they were looking at me and they're like, are you okay? What just happened? And I said to Tom, did you just kiss me on the forehead? And he goes, no. And Joy's looking at him like, did you right. just kiss her on the forehead? Right. And of course he, he didn't because he was praying the whole time. And out loud, you know, and his wife was right there. But anyway, and they're like, no, what just happened? And I'm like, I just felt the kiss of God. I just literally got kissed on the forehead mm-hmm. by Jesus. I'm just like, whoa. And it it radically changed my relationship with the Lord because prior to that, I had such great love for him and respect and awe, but he was God far away, God in heaven. And that experience was so intimate. He was, you know, God who's right here right now for me in that moment. But it was a taste, Mm -hmm. Perry LaHaye, of what you are talking about, that longing for heaven when we get to experience him 
in fullness. Like right now we just see like, you know, as in foggy through a mirror reflections and we're going to be with him. We're going to experience him. And think of how, you know, just that moment when Jesus did kiss your brow and how much that affected you. You're talking about it now and that one day we'll always have that Mm. and he will wipe away every tear. He'll wipe away every tear. Even though we haven't made it home yet, though, there are blessings in this life, blessings of Christ, like Shauna experienced. There are comforts in our pain. What are these blessings we experience? What are the comforts in our pains? Are they not each a little taste of the day coming when all the sad things come untrue? I got a question for you, maybe a little challenge for you. Okay. Do the people that you do life with, the people you work with, the people you run into, do they know what you believe? Do you guys know what I believe? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good up here in the studio. No, 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 I'm asking you. Do you you know my opinions? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. Thank you very much. (laughs) But what about you? Do the people that you do life with know what you believe? Do they know where you stand with Jesus? There is just an openness to hope and joy and peace and love at Christmas time that maybe isn't quite so open all throughout the year. So I just want to encourage you to be ready to share what you believe this Christmas season in, in the conversations. It can be, it doesn't have to be weird and it doesn't have to be all, you know, shooting scripture at them. You can just share that you have experienced the risen Jesus and share with him who he is. And if even that feels overwhelming and intimidating to you, maybe you can invite them to the Christmas Eve service. I think, I think our hearts are open to learn about Jesus right now. Do you ever feel like when it comes to handling your money, you want to honor God in the way that you handle your money, but you're just not sure how to take biblical principles and apply them to your actual situation? We're so excited that you're listening right now because we have Rob West with us. He is the president of Kingdom Advisors, and he's dedicated his professional career to working at the intersection of faith and finance. Morning, Rob, live from Atlanta, Georgia. That's exactly right. Good morning. Great to be with you all. It's the most wonderful time of the year, my friend. Absolutely it is. I'll tell you, it was frightful this morning, although probably not as chilly as where you all are. But uh, yeah, it's starting to feel like Christmas. How does it feel Christmassy in Atlanta? I mean, oh, you're, come in, on. you're in the <laughs> south. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's uh, I mean, it was 30 degrees this morning. That wow. that yeah. feels like Christmas. So yep. yeah. That is cold. We're, we're getting there. That's cold for Atlanta. There's a reason for the season. You know, there's a reason for all this celebration and and frivolry and joy and all that stuff. How do you keep your focus on Jesus? How do you what do you do to push that deeper into you during the Christmas season? Yeah, you know, it is a, it's a challenge, right? Because we're just constantly bombarded by the busyness of the season and we can miss the opportunity to be expectant and uh, this season of waiting and preparation and then ultimately celebrating the birth of Jesus and uh, the joy and the peace and the hope and the promise of our newborn king that comes along with it. Uh you know, this year a couple of things I 
I'm doing. I mean, we have, uh, you know, it's a special family time because my oldest went off to college this year. So he's coming back on Friday. And so we can't wait to have the six of us back together again, which will be just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a new uh, book out from Moody Publishers. It's a compilation of some of G.K. Chesterton's oh, writings yeah. called Winter Fire. I'm yeah. And it. I've been working my way through that uh, in the last couple of weeks. And it's amazing. Uh, you know, you all may not realize just uh, who G.K. Chesterton was, but, uh, you know, a journalist, but a, an apologist and a prolific author, poetry and short stories and, uh, you know, just an incredible writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been really just enjoying that. It's beautifully um, designed and illustrated. And it, his writing is just so deep and uh, has just been meaningful for me in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm reading that as well. That's one of the cool. things I'm doing. So yeah, well, it's to... great sitting by the fire at night and just enjoying it. And then we're, uh, you know, the kids always love taking in a movie or two every now and then. They're constantly like, "Hey, can we make hot chocolate and build a fire and watch a movie?" And so mm-hmm. there's always a different one going. Yeah, yeah. Those will often open up conversations too, just with the kiddos of you know faith, age appropriate to where they are, and just talking about you know keeping Jesus at the center of it all. That's exactly right. Yeah, depending upon the ages of your children, I think the key is, and this is just so hard, you know, with everything that we all have going on and pulling in our attention, but just intentionality, mm-hmm. right? I mean, one of the things, just really practically, and, and my kids are, so I've got three in high school and one in college. So I just sent out an Apple, a shared Apple note last week to everybody. It was just like, okay, I want everybody to add at least two things that you want to do in the month of December mm, as a good. family. And so they started adding there, you know, one of my daughters was like, well, we, we need to go to New York City. I'm like, okay, no, that's not what I had in mind. Like, you know, well, are we going, yeah. you know, ice skating or which movie do you want to watch? So really anyway, we've come up with a really fun list of some things that we're going to do this month, uh, either before or after Christmas. So that was good. That's so fun. One of our, one of my kids, my youngest daughter, Haven, loves creating memories together. And so she often for Christmas will give presents that are memory makers. So she was quite young. I want to say she was maybe, maybe around 10 years old when she had created, um, you know, by hand movie tickets for each of us and put them under the tree and wrap them. And she said, I'm taking you all to the movies today. Oh, I love that. Today. Okay. (laughs) We all went to the theater together and she paid. She was like, does anybody want popcorn? Does anybody anybody want a snack? But she wanted us to have a shared experience together. And that was her gift. I thought that's so creative. That's so who she is. That's beautiful. Yes, it's so fun to see their personalities come out. One of my daughters just loves that kind of thing, but she loves to do that with food too. And so mm. she'll constantly be making these boards, like you know, you've seen these boards that have a theme to them. Well, yeah. um, last week she made a hot chocolate bar, and so mm. she had like taken candy canes and chopped them up, and then we had marshmallows, and then she had whipped cream, and so like you could go down the line, and by the time you were done, you had this amazing hot chocolate. Thanks for letting Perry and Shauna walk the real-life journey with you. The content from the Perry and Shauna podcast comes from their live show, Perry and Shauna Mornings on 89.3 Moody Radio, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Reach out to us by texting 800-968-8930 and please subscribe.